I'm at uh, Camden BRI Day 2010 and I'm talking to Mike Edwards, the microscopy manager, about foreign body identification. Mike, you've got some illustrations of some of the different types of foreign bodies you encounter. Can you tell me a bit about them? We deal with identification of all sorts of different foreign body types, from uh, glass, metal, stone, uh, dead insects, all sorts of different types of materials. Probably the largest single group that we see are pieces of glass, and that's largely because of the concern that fragments of glass have uh, in terms of cutting people's mouths or whatever, they're seen as very dangerous. Uh, but increasingly, for example, now we're seeing a lot of plastics coming through uh, because of the increasing use of plastic in all forms in everyday life, uh, through from food packaging materials to things used in people's homes uh, and whatever. Uh, but there's a whole range of other materials as well, and there's always something new turning up. And what kind of techniques would you use for different foreign bodies? It depends very much on the type of foreign body that you're dealing with. With things like glass or metal, we're very often talking about um, using X-ray microanalysis and a scanning electron microscope to look at the elemental composition of the glass or the metal, and that enables us to identify the type of glass or the type of metal uh, that we're looking at. Um, but with, uh, for example, things like bits of leaf, bits of stalk, or um, other plant material, for example, uh, we're then looking at uh, cutting sections of the material, looking at it under a light microscope to look at the structure, to look at the specific characteristics that would identify it as coming from a particular plant or a particular different source. So either way, whether it's a kind of biological material or, or, or another material, understanding its composition gives you, or structure gives you a clue as to its origin. Yes. It's looking for specific characteristics that would enable us to identify it. And for example, with plant material, different types of starches in different plants um, have got different characteristics under the microscope that we can identify. Uh, different types of plants have different types of plant hairs that would enable us to identify. So there are a whole range of different characteristics uh, that enable us to do that. And we have access to a range of uh, written reference material, published reference material, but also a collection of um, various different types of things that we've collected over the years that we can use as direct comparison material uh, to identify it. So for example, if we get um, a suspected apricot stone, uh, we've got a reference collection with bits of apricot stones and other types of fruit stones that we can use to identify it. And that's a particular concern, for example, when somebody thinks they might have a nut fragment. Uh, nuts actually are closer, uh, almonds for example, are very closely related to uh, a number of other fruits which are harmless from an allergen point of view uh, and we can distinguish the difference between them under the microscope. And with something like glass, would you have uh, reference materials for glass? Yes, we have a large collection of reference materials uh, for glass um, ranging from uh, common domestic types, uh, things like uh, Pyrex used in people's ovens and microwaves, domestic uh, drinking glasses, uh, through to uh, window glasses, vehicle glasses, things that might be used in factories against which we can compare the results that we get. Okay, so this is very much a kind of forensic type analysis almost in the sense that you're sent a whole range of unknown samples and it's your job to work out what they are. Yes, and a lot of the techniques we use are forensic techniques. Uh, they come straight out of the forensic textbooks. But there's a wide range of techniques that we have to use which are gleaned from a whole range of different sources. Um, so we're looking at uh, uh, things from zoology textbooks, botany textbooks, geology textbooks, depending on the type of material that we're dealing with. And understanding um, where the material, the foreign body, may have come from, 
how does that then help the company that has a problem with the foreign money? Oh, well, that, that helps them enormously in tracing the source of the problem and eliminating it from the future, for the future. Um, there are a certain number of foreign bodies, particularly glass, which tend to be accidental contamination in the consumer's home, for example. Uh, but there are others which uh, come in with raw materials, uh, uh, bits of stalk and um, what have you, in plant, in plant materials, crops, uh, bits of bone, for example, in fish and meat and things of that sort. Uh, but enabling companies to identify the source enables them then, then to go back, for example, to their raw material supplier uh, and instig instigate uh, more stringent checks to avoid the problem in the future. And that could apply particularly as well, I suppose, where there's a contentious issue. There may be, for example, a prosecution or a threatened prosecution or some form of legal action. Certainly, um, and quite a lot of the work that we do has that sort of background. Um, and in the main, identifying the source of the problem uh, is a way of solving the problem and preventing the thing actually going to litigation. Mike, thanks very much indeed.